All right, hey y'all, this is Bud Elliott of the Nolcast with, with the Instant Reaction Podcast. Uh, if you're new to this, the Instant Reaction is a show where we go uh, live right after the game and we try to bring it to you as quickly as possible. So we really appreciate you uh, bearing with us if there are any kind of errors. If so, we do correct it in the Monday night show. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not edited and it is just live and free flowing. I want to thank our sponsors, Louisiana Hot Sauce, Madison Social, Resolution Home Loans, and Travis Johnson, attorney at law. Thank you for supporting us through a rather poor season of Florida State football, but hopefully not a poor season of the Nolcast. And uh, uh, so here we go. Miami 27, Florida State 10. And bear with me as well. I've been dealing with a, a bit of a sore throat issue. Um, 27 to 10. In one of your biggest games of the year, a game in which you were favored, albeit by a small amount. A game in which you had a lot of your important boosters there, a lot of your important people. This is the kind of game that gets people to take out, out their checkbooks and, and do something. I'm not saying that that will necessarily happen, but this is the kind of game where you're favored by a small amount. And uh, you lose by 17 points. You, you can't be favored and lose by three scores at home to your rival and, and go to 0-4 against your rivals or 0-6 if you um, if you want to include Clemson in that and really expect to keep your job. Now, I'm not saying that, that Willie Taggart will definitely lose his job, but I think if you expect to keep your job after doing that, uh, that's that's kind of silly, right? That, that, that's not real logical. So, you know, it wouldn't shock me here if, uh, if in a you know, week or who knows how long Willie Taggart is living that buyout life. Uh, fairly soon because his team today did not look like the better team. I don't think they were the better team, actually. I, in fact, I said it on, on the podcast. Um, but I don't think the gap between these two teams is is quite this amount. I don't think Florida State was very well coached today. I know Willie Taggart said that Cam Akers battled a toe injury and didn't practice much this week, and that's part of why he wasn't used as heavily and wasn't as effective, according to the quote from, uh, from Taggart. Um, and that Miami went cover zero and loaded the box off. And, yeah, I, I we saw all those things, and uh, we discussed some of those things in the pod. But that doesn't mean the Cam Akers can't can't throw more out of the wild cam, et cetera, et cetera. Look, Miami's a better team than Florida State. They were going to the game. They certainly are leaving the game. Florida State should not be losing to this team by 17 points at home. That's a pretty big deal. And uh, I think a lot of that, uh, or at least some of that, is, is on coaching. Before we get into the kind of nitty-gritty of the game, I, I want to put this out here. In the preseason, we said there were six teams that we didn't think Florida State could block, right? And we thought Florida State's offensive line would go from, like, worst in the nation bad, basically, to bad. Not to below average, but just to get to bad, which is what I think they are. They're definitely improved from last year. But we said, hey, these, these six games, I don't think you can block the opponent. Right now, they're one and four in those games. They lost They lost two. The only team that in those in those five so far they've beaten is Syracuse, and you know Syracuse obviously had a lot of its own issues, and we were not quite as uh, you know quite as excited about that win as, as maybe some of the fan base. <sighs> one the thing is, if you're going to lose all those games or almost all of them, you needed to go ahead and beat Wake Forest so you could comfortably get to a bowl game, and now that's going to be that's going to be tougher, right? You have to go up to, up to Boston College. Pick yourself off, up off the mat and go play a BC team that is, um, at least against Syracuse and, and NC State, 
uh, playing pretty well. Now Florida State also beat those teams, so we'll see. We'll see if this team can get off get up off the mat. But yeah, this this in some ways is playing out like we feared it could. Not that we thought it would, but that we feared it could. Right, the line just being unable to block, and we'll get into this more in a minute. But if you're looking for a reason Florida State lost that game, that's that's by far and away. The main reason, over special teams, over coaching, over quarterback play, et cetera. Uh, Miami had six yards of play before that kind of final, like, kneel-down drive. That's about 15% over the goal. We, we thought Florida State should should aspire to, to, you know, allow about five five and a quarter to so 6.0. All right. I mean, that's not that's not a good day from the defense, certainly. Uh, situation, I thought they had some issues. I'll discuss in a second. But they were not the main cause in this game. Uh, we thought Florida State needed to gain, what, 5.75 a play against Miami, and uh, it did not do that. It actually only put up uh, 2.9 yards per play. So that's pretty huge. I mean, Miami outgained Florida State by 100%. This, this really wasn't that fluky uh, in, in terms of a you know, yards per play basis. In fact, it, it wouldn't shock me if Miami you know won this game more or deserved to at least when you go to the advanced box score stuff. Now, the second biggest thing in this game, I thought, was the average starting field position. Miami started on their own 44. Florida State started on its own 25. Um, that's a 19-yard per drive edge and over 13 or 14 drives. You're, you're looking at a 250-yard advantage in hidden yardage. Hidden yardage is what we call starting field position edge. 250 yards edge for Miami in, in starting field position. That's enormous. If it felt like Miami was always threatening and Florida State was always in its own end, that's because it was. Um, I mean, that's that's a larger margin in terms of yards than what Florida State got outgained by, 353 to 203. So a real stinker from the offense there. Obviously, defense, um, not, not a great day. Not the worst day they could have had, but not, not a great day. So let's talk offense here. Like I said, the offensive line just got physically beaten. It was It was bad. 16 tackles for loss for FSU, uh, including nine sacks given up. That's 16 tackles for loss on only 69 snaps. I mean, that is remarkable. You're talking about basically like one in four plays for Florida State, ending not for zero, but for like negative yards. One in four. You're not going to sustain drives like that. It's just, it's it's not going to happen. And indeed, Florida State did not. Florida State had drives of seven, negative two, negative three, 9, negative 2, 17, 62, 54, 9, 7, 13, negative 10, and 27. So they really had two drives in this game. They had two drives that went over 20 yards until the like final nonsense drive. Two over 20 yards. And that was it. Everything else was either three and out type thing or a yardage number that looks like a three and out. You know, just, just not a... Not, a, not a, a performance from the offensive line that allows you to sustain drives in any way. I mean, nine sacks on 30 dropbacks. Florida State had 66 yards lost to sacks. I mean, nine sacks on 30 dropbacks, and I'm including the, the three or two or three quarterback scrambles there as, uh, um, as, as dropbacks. You're talking about basically a 10% sack rate. That is, is really uh, pretty incredible. To allow and, and one of the worst pass protection forms you can you can have seen in a while. Um, 
lack of movement in the run game was another really big thing. Like not only did Florida State allow penetration and tackles for loss, but they also really never got guys moved. Cam Akers had a bunch of runs that, that I felt were like zero, one, or, or, or two yards. Uh, 22 carries on the day for him, 66 yards. His, his long carry was was 16 yards. I mean, again, like you just got whipped across the board at the offensive line. I think that was that's key to note as well, right? Just watching it live, and I haven't gone back and, and watched it again. But, um, look, I mean – the interior guys getting beat was a surprise to me in, in terms of how badly uh, they they were beaten. And so, and so that was that was disappointing for sure. We knew the tackles would probably struggle. But if Florida State gets pressure up the gut, I mean, there's not a whole lot it can do. It's, it's going to be in trouble. Uh, and indeed it was. So the other issue here, obviously, for the offense, uh, could, couldn't get a run game going really at all. I mean, they had 97 yards on three yards per per rush if you take out the sacks, but that's, I mean, three yards per, per rush. It's not going to get anything done. And a lot of those those rushes, I think, were, were wasted play calls by Willie or, or Kendall, I assume Kendall, uh, on, on second down to run the ball. Second long running the ball is basically a, a great way to end a drive. The chance you pop it is really low. The chance you actually get back into a manageable down in distance is also fairly low on average. It's not a real good play. You're, you're better off uh, just, just dropping back twice and, and, and trying to get get it. That's that's the thing that works in the NFL and in college really shouldn't be doing that, I, I don't think. I mean, once in a while, but but I feel like they did it too many times in this game, and that's probably that probably speaks to their ability or their feelings as far as pass protection go. Uh, so Florida State, all last week in, in the two podcasts, right, the, the game review and then, and then the preview, we said, look, Hornerbrook, Quarterback wins are not a thing, right? That's that's some fan nonsense out there. We don't believe in quarterback wins. We believe that that quarterbacks either do things to make you win or don't. But they perform, and their performance can be measured just like everyone's, just like everyone else's performance can. This is not a thing where oh, Alex Hornerberg is a winner and James Blackman is a loser. And the quicker y'all realize that, the better, because a lot of our emails are, you know, he's a winner. By the way, Willie Taggart. Apparently told the ESPN broadcast crew that the team seems to win when Hornerbrook's in there. Well, they, they didn't win today, and we really worried about how Hornerbrook would look against a team that had athletes, and he looked terrible. Last week, he was one of eight in terms of being on target on throws that went 10 or more yards in the air. Today, I think his percentage is probably better because I don't, Florida State, to my recollection, barely even tried anything downfield. Willie Taggart said it in the postgame. Miami played a lot of co- lot of cover zero and, and covered down on stuff and, and tried to take away some of the shorter stuff. I think relative to how much Miami was was loading it up, FSU actually did a decent job with its screen game. But you can't win a game solely on screen game, and so that was a that, that was a major concern of mine coming into the game. We said if Florida State is not able to loosen things up with Hornerbrook, then why even play Hornerbrook? Uh, that's a good question that, that still kind of looms out there. And, uh, and they indeed were not able to loosen anything up. They never hit a, a, a downfield pass against Miami at all. They barely tried, and Miami was able to live within 10 or 12 yards of the line of scrimmage all day. When Florida State actually did block a play fairly well, the, the, the eighth defender in the box would come in and make the tackle uh, with a quickness. Hornerbrook also, I think, played poorly as far as some of his accuracy stuff, uh, and he, he double-pumped some of these screens and quick game stuff, and you really can't be doing that uh, because the offensive line in some of these is is cut blocking, and that's not uh, 
that's not going to work because the cut block is, is meant to be a quick block. It's meant to be a quick game. You can't be pulling the ball down and uh, and pumping it like that. It's going to screw up the play. Although I, I do wonder, you know, did a receiver run a right route or something? With with, with the sloppiness of this team, I, I can't always assume that they did and that it was the uh, the fault of uh, of the quarterback. But I, I thought Hornerberg played rather poorly. James Blackman came in in the second half. Uh, the ball just was not coming out on time. With Hornerbrook, not that it does necessarily with Blackman, but um, just nothing downfield at all. It was just so, so conservative. And look, if you can hold the opponent to a point number in the teens, okay, that can work. But as you saw today, you ended up needing 27 points to win this game. And and we we discussed in the podcast, hey, uh, there's a there's a thing here. Like let's look at the at the over under. Okay, it's what, 48 49. And the spread is three. That implies you're going to need about 28 points to win this game, roughly. Okay, well, you need to basically play to score 28-ish. And I don't know that Florida State's game plan necessarily did. Uh, just any team, really, any team that plays Florida State that has athletes can take away the deep stuff if Hornerbrook's in there. If he's not willing to throw it at all, I was very surprised. Uh, that that they didn't even really attempt it. Like he had to take some shots, and they they just didn't. And that was that was disappointing because you know Florida State had some one on one coverage at times down the field. Uh, I would have liked to see more more developed stuff with the wild cam. Um, obviously, if you know, with Acres not practicing as much this week, according to Taggart, it doesn't necessarily mean that he can't take mental reps in there. Um, and I feel like they could have done more with that. Certainly, they weren't doing anything at all. With uh, with with Hornerbrook, I mean, he was sacked. I think what did Blackman get sacked twice? I think so. Uh, that would be seven on on Hornerbrook, and uh, just just a ridiculous uh, stat line here. I mean, seventeen of twenty four. If, if you look at Florida State's passing line, two picks, twenty of twenty eight, hundred seventy two, with sixty six yards. Um, Lost to sacks. I mean, you're looking at at basically like 35 plays ish for probably if you count the scrambles 110. I mean, you're looking at at, at le- like like God fewer yards per pass than Florida State had rushing. And in fact, I'm pretty sure that's actually true. That happened like that because we know they had three yards per rush, and uh, and they ended up with 2.9 yards of play in the game. That's that's pretty shitty. All right. Um, so the other th- thing I thought really hurt the offense early on was was the penalties. Four states at home. There's no real excuse for the false starts. That's um, that's just it's poor discipline, and that, that gets back to coaching. I mean, I think the overall the offensive coaching staff this year has done a decent job, and they they have found some ways to scheme things up at times. I do think the offensive line is definitely better uh, than it was last year, but a lot of those penalties. Uh, were, were kind of unforced errors. You, know, you have you have a lot of other issues going on there too with some of the formation penalties, just just sloppiness. Guys not not having their head in the game. Willie Taggart did not have this team in the right headspace to go and win this football game, and he may get rewarded with the seventeen million dollar check. He may not. We'll see. At this point, it's it's hard for fans, I think, and probably some of the players to believe in him. Although I, I do think they kept playing hard throughout the game, which was a little bit surprising. Uh, defensively, so uh, we said you got to make Miami drive. 
cannot allow Miami to hit the explosive plays. Miami is one of the worst teams in ter- terms of driving. They really thrive on explosive plays. Kind of like Florida State, right? Like, can you make Florida State drive? Because if you can, they're probably not going to be able to go a long-distance drive on you. And indeed, Miami's defense largely did that, did that to Florida State because Florida State could not hit any explosive plays on offense. In fact, Florida State's longest play on offense was 20 yards. Well, by comparison, Miami's longest play was longer than Florida State's. Miami's second longest play was longer than Florida State's longest. Miami's third longest play was higher than Florida State's longest. Miami's fourth highest play was longer than Florida State's offense. Miami's fifth highest highest yardage play was better than FSU's longest. Miami had five plays that were longer than the longest Florida State play. 42, 39, 34, 56, and 26. I mean, that is about 200 of Miami's yards came on five plays. They lived on the big play in this game. Other than that, they really didn't do a whole lot in terms of moving the football, right? They had three explosive drives defined as drives where he averaged 10 yards per play, um, you know, five for 80, four for 46, one for 56. Just not a good job by the defense in terms of making Miami drive the football and not uh, not a good performance there at all. So extremely disappointing in that regard. Whew. Um, Miami's also not a really good third and long team. Florida State, it kind of felt like at times they allowed too many of those, but I went back and looked uh, on passing downs. Miami had a success rate, I think, of 26%, just doing the math quickly. So that's actually not that bad. Uh, one thing I think you really saw in this game was the lack of uh, um, the, the lack of a speed rusher for Florida State off the edge. Miami is one of the worst teams in the nation allowing tackles for loss and, and sacks. I mean, Miami's dead last in sacks percentage, I believe, if I, if I recall correctly. And Jaron Williams takes a ton of sacks. And in this game, Florida State only sacked Jaron Williams twice. So I think, A, Florida State's lack of a pass rusher off the edge is an issue. Clearly, because Janarius Robinson is is fine, but he's not he's not like good and especially not great. They don't have Josh Kano on the other side. That was an issue we, we really worried about in the preseason for this football team, and uh, and and that's that's something that's continuing to be an issue now, especially without the loss of Kano. So, I mean, this is just this is bad. Only two sacks in thirty seven pa- pass attempts. So. I mean, Williams had, what, probably two scrambles, one scramble. You're looking at, like, 40 pass plays, two sacks. That's not going to get it done. Five tackles for loss against Miami is also not going to get it done. They didn't knock Miami into long down and distance in second yardage or in, in, in second down nearly enough. Uh, and really, that's the difference in the game, right? Sacks, nine versus two. Tackles for loss, 16 versus five. So field position, negative plays. Uh, penalties, I mean, 65 yards for 75 yards, pretty even for both teams. I, I thought the, uh, thought the crew was, was fairly flag happy at times and, uh, and just, just not, uh, not a good job at all there by Florida State's coaching staff on the defensive side today. I, I didn't think, I mean, the results are the results are not terrible, but I feel like the, the way that those results were achieved was, was an issue, uh, poor coverage in the back end, guys not communicating, especially on the 56 yarder. Uh, to Thomas, it looks like Samuels and uh, um, um, Samuels and Taylor are, are yelling at each other as as the the play goes in for the touchdown. 
Um, this is just not a good day for Florida State football at all in terms of the, of the game result. And we'll see what happens with the uh, with the, with the coaching position. Um, like I said at the start of the show, this is maybe a, a type of loss because because of the people who were there, right, and because of the manner in which you lost. You, know, you looked sloppy. You looked unprepared at times. Uh, that that could lead to people opening their wallets and, and writing some checks and saying, "Yeah, I mean, this is like I'm not a pro sports owner, but I I do." Uh, like to kind of be a little owner of a of a college ball team in some ways, part owner, and it's not not getting it done. I'm not enjoying my Saturdays anymore, and I want to enjoy my Saturday, so I'm going to I'm going to write a check. Uh, special teams as well. I should probably mention uh, two really bad punts. I mean, you got a walk on punter. You had Logan Totter, but he's not around anymore after the the incident. And uh, you twice had two men on the field, or excuse me, ten men on the field. On punt return team, I thought that was really poor uh, of Florida State, and that's that's an issue they've had at times. So n- no reason to not not be able to get enough guys on the field for punt return. Again, that is just poor coaching, and uh, you know, like you're willing to be lenient with coaches, I think at times, but you have to um, you got to see improvement in some areas. And I don't think Florida State is uh, is improving in enough areas right now, and uh, they're they're not. Uh, um, they're, they're not doing a good enough job in this case. So we will do our normal show on Monday evening. And I know we have a couple segments already planned that I was already planning to do. There's a certain article that I want to go over and kind of uh, not allow uh, some quotes in there to go uh, unmentioned. And then we also want to discuss the uh, the scheduling of the Alabama Florida State Home and Home Series. So look forward to that this week. As always, thanks to our sponsors. Louisiana Hot Sauce, Resolution Home Loans, For the Table, Restaurant Group, and Travis Johnson, Attorney at Law. Thanks for thanks for your sponsorship, and we will be back with you all Tuesday morning. Thank you.